What is up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. We're here. We're doing the uh, Fast Lane review show. Uh, just got done watching it, and we're here to break it down. Uh, please remember, as always, my my reviews of 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 these shows will not be. You know, Dave Meltzer-esque where uh, I have 18 pages of notes per match where I go sequence by sequence. What happens will not happen. That's not happening at all. Um, and so we're going to go match by match. We'll talk We'll, we'll talk about the, re- the result of the match. We'll talk about where I think it goes, what I thought of the match overall. But we're not breaking this thing down minute by minute, right? So let's let's jump right on into it. Let's start with the pre-show. I don't know if a lot of people watched the pre-show in and of itself. Not a lot happens on the pre-show, but with this individual pre-show, you have Jade Cargill show up on the pre-show, uh, met by Triple H, shakes his hand, walks off. That's all we get of Jade Cargill. So here's my question to the community. Is this a proper way to introduce the world to Jade Cargill, right? She she looked good. She looked like a million dollars, and and she got the she got to you know get sort of greeted to the company by Triple H, and, and sort of walked into the show by Triple H. Is this how you bring in who's being? promoted as like the best free agent signing in recent wrestling history or whatever Michael Cole said, right? Is this how you do it? I don't know how else you do it is, is, you know, I, I, I got a, uh, I sent a picture of Jade when she was on the screen. I took a picture of it on my TV and sent it to my more AEW esque friends who, who weren't watching t- uh, tonight. And said, oh, man, this looks beautiful. Just as a joke. Just as a joke. And I got a reply back from one of them and says, so you pull out the red carpet on a C-plus or C-tier pay-per-view. Yeah, what a way to bring in a big signing. Is that is that just them being jealous? Like, uh, in, in a way, I can see where they're coming from. right? You, you have Fastlane, and this is where you debut a big star. right? I've always... I've always felt with Jade, right? I know why you're pushing her to the main roster. I think she's ready. I think she's ready. I, I know a lot of the AEW fans are going to say she's not ring ready. She's still, you know, she's a botch machine. She's still green. All of these things. I get that. I get that the 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 AEW fans would say that. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily believe all of that. I think WWE is going to do everything they can to protect her from looking bad. Right. But is there not a better way to sort of introduce her to the crowd rather than just 
hey, she's a she's a big time free agent, and here she is getting out of the car, right? Um, I just is there a better way? W- would there have been a better way for you f- to be introduced to Jade? Um, I know they really want to do this Becky Lynch versus Tegan Knox match, but you can really play into this and, and build a character out of Tegan Knox. Every time they announce a match, something happens. And you know what the next thing that could happen is? She gets attacked by Jade Cargill, right? Imagine if, you know, Tegan Knox was uh, backstage just walking the the backstage walking in, in, let's just say she was in catering, sort of just talking to the rest of the roster and talking about, oh, I can't wait till Monday. I'm finally going to get my opportunity. I'm not going to get passed up this time. And then Jade walks in and just like puts her through a fucking table and says, you're going to have to wait in line. Becky, I'm facing you on Monday. And that's right. And that's the introduction that we get to Jade Cargill. That's how I would have done it, right? And then Monday, Jade Cargill comes out and beats Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship. And then she runs all three brands, right? We do the we do the, the crossover, right, where she's on Raw, she's on NXT. I'd even put her on SmackDown. And what I do with that is then set up a feud between her and Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship, right? If you really want to, like, I've always said this, NXT is a third brand. It's no no, no longer developmental. And 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 I understand the sort of comeback where it's like, well, it's not presented as, as it's on the same level. You want to put it on the same level, right? Continue this crossover. These, these crossovers are fantastic. Right, crossovers make TV shows, right? Especially if it's like these are TV shows, right? So Raw is its own show, NXT is its own show, SmackDown is its own show. And when you get a crossover, right? If you watch TV, if you watch TV like I do, right? Uh, CBS is known to have like, for example, NCIS, right? It has NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, which actually just got canceled, and then NCIS um, Hawaii. Are the were the three that ran last season, right? Next season, whenever they fucking are able to put out a new season, it's going to be NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, right? But every right, and then they also have the FBI's FBI, FBI Most Wanted, FBI um, International, right? And every for both of those shows, NCIS and F, FBI, they always start the the new season with a three hour crossover event, right? And it's a way to to introduce all three shows at the same time to get viewership for all three shows, right? And and I think WWE can do that, right? Where you could do a, a crossover for all of these events and having Jade Cargill come in immediately look like a badass, knock out Tegan Knox out of the picture and say, you know, bitch, I'm here, get out of my way, beat Becky Lynch on her debut match, and then crossover to SmackDown, crossover to Raw, be on NXT, set up a feud with someone like Charlotte for for like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania and, and make NXT feel important that Charlotte Flair's coming down to face your champion. And let Jay just run that division. Give her 
the the women's championship for NXT. I don't see a problem with that. Let me know what y'all think about that idea. But you got to do something better than just have her get out of a car and walk into the event. Because that's all she did. That doesn't tell. If, if, if I didn't know who she was, if I had never watched AEW before and I didn't know who she was, you don't you didn't tell me enough about why she is so incredible that she signed with with WWE. And what it basically what it basically came down to was that WWE assumed that the crowd watching knew who she was. And you can't do that. You can't do that when when you're you know, if you're trying to get a mainstream audience, right? If you're trying to to get people who who only watch WWE, which there are a lot of people in the audience who who probably had no idea who Jade Cargill is. Right? You can't just sort of assume to the mainstream sort of casual crowd that people knew who Jade Cargill was. Right? You, you have to give me a reason to 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 actually care about her and just having her walk out of the car, shake Triple H's hand and walk into the arena. That's not that to me. That's not cutting it, right? To me, that's not cutting it. To me, that's a little bit of a letdown, where you could have had her come in, make a statement tonight. By, like I said, literally, it could have been a thirty-second segment where she walks in the catering, where you could have like Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, uh, Alba Fire, uh, Isla Dawn, so some of the more unused talent on the raw roster sort of just talking and they're pumping up Teague and like, Oh, we can't wait to your match on Monday. And then Jade walks in and says, excuse me, bitches. I'm here. I'm, I'm the main bitch right now. Tegan, we're either going to do this the, the easy way or the hard way. Let me have your spot. And, T- you know, and then Tegan be like, no, I've earned this. And then she goes through a fucking table and the other people surrounding her run away before they go through a table and Jade takes the spot, right? And she comes in and makes herself the the badass that that she's being promoted as being. And then she beats Becky Lynch and runs NXT as well as crossing over to the other brands where she could set up a feud with Bianca or Charlotte or Raquel or or whoever you want her to set up a feud with. Right, I think that would have been a a better way to introduce her rather than just having her get out of the car and walk into the arena. Let me know what you guys think on that. Let's get to the actual card. So we start with the tag team uh, championship match between Judgment Day and Cody Rhodes or, or versus Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso, where um, I start 0-1 in my predictions because Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso won the tag team championship. Now, at first, I was like, eh, not feeling this, right? When I when I made my prediction video, I, my, my thought was, I'm not digging this, putting the title on two random people who have not tagged before. Now, I don't know where this is going. I really don't. Um, I just, I don't know. Either way, they have to do something with these tag belts. They have to. 
because it, it, the tag divisions just and, and I'm not the biggest fan of the of tag team wrestling, but you have to appease the people who like it, and you're just not doing it. Put creating random tag teams, having the belts stay on one on 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 the same tag team with two belts, having two belts be carried, it's just not working. You have to split the belts. You have to put one on Raw, one on SmackDown, so that there's there's some uh, sort of uh, co- continuity. I don't even know if that's the right word that I'm looking for, but you have to have some sort of flow to make these teams feel important because you got teams like LWO and and uh, the Profits and uh, I can't even think of any other tag teams on SmackDown to be honest. But you got tag teams in this division that really have nothing left to do because there's no belt to fight for. So you have to split them up. And I think this is a good way to do it. Part of me just wonders, though, if if they gave Cody the belt because he's going to be there Tuesday and it's going to make it feel important and people are going to tune in and watch. Um, I didn't hate the match. I didn't really necessarily hate the result. You could definitely tell there was a story being played within the Judgment Day itself. JD sort of costing Damian Priest the mat, the, or in, and ultimately the team the match by hitting JD with the briefcase, uh, with the briefcase or the belt inadvertently. I don't remember what he got hit with, um, and costing like, like messing up that whole um, uh, sequence that Damian was getting ready to set up, right? And basically costing the team the match. That's definitely, I believe, going to get brought up. I think Judgment Day is about to split up ultimately uh and yeah i just don't know where else we really take judgment day as a team um and where you i'm just gonna be honest with you i'm just not looking forward for the next month and a half of of build of cody sammy kevin jay uh, and that's if Kevin's even involved, but Cody, Jay, Sammy, what, Cena, LA Knight, it's probably going to be Team Face, and then Team Heel will be Judgment Day, Jimmy, and Solo. I'm assuming that'll be the SummerSlam team. Uh, or not SummerSlam, Survivor Series, the Survivor Series teams. Um, And I'm just, I'm not really looking forward to that build for the next month and a half of the, of them doing literally the same thing. Right. Um, so ultimately the match itself, let's get, we can give it a B. It wasn't like the best thing ever, but it definitely wasn't like mid. It, it was a, a decent way to start uh, the show. Um, but then you move into LWO versus Bobby Lashley and the profits. And we're, we're being sort of hyped up on, LWO is getting in a third member. And notice, remember, in my prediction, I said I'm picking the Profits and Bobby Lashley just off of because that's who I thought should win the match. But depending on the third person, if it's someone like Dragon Lee or Carlito, the LWO is winning. Um, and so they bring the bell, and it's a two-on-three match. And it's two-on-three for literally all but, like, what, a minute and a half? And, and the way they presented Carlito, it made no sense. Why couldn't he come out for the whole match? Like, what, it, the, the, it would have hit the same had he 
you know, what my thought was that they were going to play it out and the ref was going to wait and, and sort of talk to him and be like, are you sure you don't, you sure you want to go at it two, two on three, and then the music will play. Right. And I don't know necessarily, I hope they give a reason why it took him literally all match to get out there other than like, I don't even know what the reason would be. And so, yeah, I, I just wasn't a big fan of how this was presented. I'm also not a big fan of the result. The Street Profits and Bobby Lashley need wins. This is what I'm talking about, right? We need to have, like, Carlito coming back. He can't afford to take a loss, right? He can he can afford to take the loss, whereas the Profits and, and, and Lashley building this new team, they need wins. They need to look strong. And it makes no sense. These guys, like Lashley's one of the strongest motherfuckers in the company. And you got an athletic motherfucker with Montez Ford and then you got Dawkins. They should have beat the shit out of LWO. They should have ran the floor. If Carlito wasn't going to be out there to start the match, they should have beat the holy shit out of them. Right? But it didn't happen. And they sort of just got sort of exposed and... And they and, and I hate how WWE does this because you have an opportunity to build a legitimate faction, but instead you have them lose and now their credibility is completely gone. Right? They lost to LWO. LWO needs to be a faction to get Santos as the, the goal for LWO needs to be to get Santos Escobar over to where he can leave the group and be a, a superstar on his own. And they put over other other factions, right? I just, I don't necessarily, I don't like LWO coming in here and winning the match. Especially with the booking of, we're going to wait to literally the last like minute and a half of the match to get Carlito out there. And then you change the song. And so the pop wasn't as big because no one knew who the fuck's music it was, right? Whether or not, like, and, and I, when we talked about, uh, on, on the pod a couple of weeks ago when we talked about like best uh there was a community question it was like what's the best uh um entrance music or whatever right and and I, I i mentioned like i'm not the biggest fan of like caring about music but it's still important because a lot of times when you're paying attention to the match when you get sort of a a run-in the music is what helps you because a lot of times when you see a guy running into the ring, if there was no music, you, it would take a minute to figure out who it is, right? Even with the music. Like if you're just basing it off of who it is, a lot of the people look the same. And so it's the music that makes them recognizable. And so to change Carlito's song and not have the I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Right. That that is what people recognize with Carlito. You could change the music after that, but the catchphrase, the catchphrase is what gets the pop. It's the same thing with you know with Edge at AEW, right? Granted, he did use Metalingus, but the you think you know him, right? It was first off, if you don't know why they changed it, WWE owns the, the phrase you think you know me. And um they own that 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 cat that was edited into the song just for WWE. So they didn't have to change it. You think you know him, which I, I think is actually pretty stupid. Uh, but, right, it's the same thing with Edge. Like, Edge kept his music 
because that is what he's recognized by, right? If he would have come out with some new song that no one had ever heard before, people, the pop wouldn't have been the same, right? And so the same thing with Carlito. If you would have just done the, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. And then you play the new song, that still would have been fine because people would have popped at the at the catchphrase, right? And so, yeah, th- this match, it, it was it was pretty mid. It, it was a, exactly what I expected it to be. And then when Carlito came out, it was such a anticlimactic part of the of the match. It didn't really mean much. Right. When they started the match at LWO to start getting the crap beat out of them. I was thinking to myself, yeah, LWO is winning this match because Carlito is going to come out. make like, like we've seen this before, right? It's t- standard WWE stuff, right? LWO is going to get the crap beat out of them. They're going to look like they're about to lose. Carlito is going to come out, get the tag, make the win, right? Right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm just not a big fan of, of this result. The Prophets and Lashley really needed this a lot more. The only way they could sort of salvage this is to have Lashley go to Dawkins and and, and Ford and be like, y'all don't got that killer instinct. And while I'm talking about it, uh, Dawkins, this gimmick, does, this gimmick doesn't fit Dawkins. And you can tell I think it's a struggle for him because there's still moments where he's smiling, right? And I get you could still sort of have him be the happy-go-lucky like party guy and maybe that's the, what they're trying to do is is kick Dawkins out of the group. I hope not, because if Dawkins gets removed from Ford, he's probably going to get released. I'm going to be completely honest. There's nothing special about Angelo Dawkins. And I felt that way. I've been in, I've followed Angelo Dawkins for the last 10 years that he's been in NXT. Like so many character transitions of Dawkins. Um, and he's been with the company for almost 10 years now, right? And it, without Montez Ford, he doesn't make the main roster. Without Montez Ford, he's probably cut by now, right? And this isn't to say that Angelo Dawkins is necessarily bad, but he's not over by himself. He would not be over by himself. The The Street Profits gimmick got him over, and, and being with someone as athletic and had the charisma like Montez Ford definitely helped Angelo Dawkins, right? And I just, if if Dawkins sort of gets removed from this group, I don't know what they have for him, which leads me to believe he's more than likely going to be cut from the company, which I don't want that for him. I want him to succeed because he's, he's, he's really good at what he does. I think in the, in the baby face, like party, we're going to cheer with the crowd. We're going to party with the crowd. He plays that very well. I just think this new gimmick's tough for him. Not everyone can play, you know, the extreme, you know, serious heel group that this is. I think Montez Ford is good at it. But Dawkins is really struggling, I believe, at at sort of the character work. Um, And so that's some of the the things that I... But the only way you can reconcile this this result, excuse me, is to have... Lashley on Friday come out and say, guys, what the hell are we doing? We need to be winning these matches. Y'all ain't got that killer instinct in you. And, and right, and if y'all can't do it, I'm going to bring someone else in. So I, I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. 
We'll see where it goes. I'm just not a big fan of the result. We think it EO versus Asuka versus Charlotte. Um, and, and what I thought was a pretty decent triple threat match. Um, triple threat matches are always pretty. If they're if it's not super energetic, and that's something else we'll talk about in a minute. Um, if 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 it's not like fast paced moving, then it, it, a lot of times when you have more than two people, it, it it gets a little awkward to watch. Triple threat matches have to be timed perfectly. They did a decent job at it. Um, I'm just gonna be completely honest with you though. I'm completely thrown off of any story. If if we're going to look at this through the lens of kayfabe, right? Where where I, I'm going to look at this in the through the lens of kayfabe. There's no within the storyline. There's no reason in the world Charlotte Flair doesn't win this match, right? Presentation wise, Charlotte Flair was is top tier, levels above the other two. Right. And this may just be personal bias, but I'm not a I don't dislike Asuka or or EO. Right. I'm I'm I I'm not one of those people who be like, oh, they they shouldn't be in WWE. They're very good at what they do. The problem with it is when you think from a business perspective, it's very hard to sell me and I and and if you can't sell me a, a more hardcore fan i already know casual fans aren't buying it right or at least not all of them right if you can't sell me on oscar and eo then i know that there's people who are a lot more casual than me who are all, who are who see them and, and like nah i'm out right there's no reason in the world why charlotte flair doesn't win this match right um other than outside interference which is ultimately what we got but Charlotte should have ran through Ia, excuse me, EO and Asuka. Should have just ran through them before Bailey even got out there. Um, I'm happy for EO. This definitely feels like a Triple H booking decision to let EO continue with the title. Um, I just, I, I don't necessarily know where this goes, right? Because there were two things that could have happened here, right? If you don't like my first idea of Jade coming in and beating Becky, and you just want her on the main roster, well, Jade could have come out and Charlotte getting ready to set up a move, and Jade could have come out and surprise attacked Charlotte Flair, and that could have cost her the match, right? At the same time, uh, Kyrie Sane was predicted to show up. She's predicted to have signed to the WWE. She could have played a role in this. If she's really signed, she could have come in and attacked EO or Asuka and allowed the other one to win. And that sets up two stories moving forward. I just... But nothing really happened, right? So we're we're three-fifths of the way through. We're 60% through your show and no big moment in terms of Right, unless Carlito is your big moment, but nothing exciting has has happened in the ring. This match was pretty good. I'll give it like a B minus. Right, right now we're sitting at like a C plus pay per view though. We get two B minuses and a C plus, and you average out around a C plus, right? So you 
you you didn't do enough for me to to sort of be like yeah this first 60 percent of this show right you know it, it didn't hit the way that it, it should have right and then you get a break and then you get pat mcafee to come out and plays to the crowd about how uh indianapolis needs a wrestlemania no it doesn't it first off logistically indianapolis is a is a, a cluster fuck to uh to set up for wrestlemania um because i don't think they have any outdoor stadiums um lucas oil stadium where the colts play i i don't i mean i guess you can keep the dome open i don't know if the dome actually opens though um the Lucas Oil Stadium, I'm looking up the... Okay, so Lucas Oil does hold 70,000. So I guess you could hold it at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, I just... The, the crowd, right? So Pat McAfee comes out there and talks about some cities get shows and the crowd sucks. Blah, 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 but not Indian. No, no, Pat, the crowd sucked all night up to this point. The crowd sucked. It was quiet. You could tell a lot of them weren't into a lot of it. Now, let's be honest and let's be fair. Was this card really set up to make people excited? This card on paper reads like a, a normal TV show, that, right? Outside of Cena. LA Knight and the Bloodline, that's a pay-per-view level match. Everything else read and felt on paper like it could have happened on Raw or SmackDown. Especially Lashley in the LWL. That could have happened Friday. Right? Um, and so I just I can't blame the crowd if you're not going to give them it is ultimately WWE's job to give them something to cheer for. And it does annoy me when people complain about the crowd without blaming WWE because the crowd, when you're there, you're not, you're, it is not your responsibility to cheer for entertainment. You don't like, um, right. If, if the show sucks, you have the, the, the right to say, Hey, we're not going to cheer for this. And I'm not going to say this show sucked, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like, Oh, the crowd the crowd is unjustified in being so quiet. If the, if they don't like the match, they don't have to participate in cheering for what's going on. Ultimately, it is WWE's job and the entertainer's job to get you to cheer for something. Um, and it was plainly obvious that they were there for one match. It was plainly obvious that the selling point of this pay-per-view was John Cena and LA Knight. That was painfully obvious. The loudest moments of the night, LA Knight, John Cena, Cody Rhodes. And Seth Rollins for a little bit while they were singing his song, but his match itself, the crowd was still, again, pretty mid, at least in my opinion. And so, yeah, the crowd sucked. That's WWE's fault, though, because they didn't give them anything to want to come to cheer for. Right, they were obviously there for John Cena and LA Knight and Cody Rhodes. That's obviously what they were there for. 
None of them cared about Lashley and the LWO. For the most part, they didn't care about the women's triple threat. Right? And so... I, I could sit here and say the crowd sucked. That's obviously true, right? We could sit here and say, man, this crowd is pretty mid. But at the same time, two things can be true. That's WWE's fault for not giving them something to cheer for. Let's move on to the next match. Cena and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo. Um, You knew exactly what was going to happen here, right? This match should have main evented, though. I'm sorry. Especially with how the show ended, right? This match should have main evented the the night. Um, honestly, that's how it should go. This match should have main evented. Um, again, wasn't anything all special in terms of action in the ring. Um, but you do get a little bit of story. Um. I think they're setting up John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. Where it happens, I have no idea. I also think they're setting up Roman Reigns versus LA Knight. Now, on my preview show, I think it was my preview show, or it would have been Wednesday's episode. Here recently, I stated that uh, the rumor is John Cena versus Roman Reigns, and I talked about the idea of having... uh, Roman lose to Cena but with a rock distraction, setting up Cena to maybe drop the belt to someone like uh, L.A. Knight. I don't think L.A. Knight is as a right. So, so you know, I was thinking after after this match, my thought was, do I do I bite and eat my words that I said that L.A. Knight isn't the star that everyone's trying to push him to be, or right? I was sitting there and said, do I eat those words? And, and admit that maybe he's the next star, or do I not? And I'm not completely convinced yet that LA Knight is the next big thing. I, I, what, I, what I will eat is, I, I was there saying, I don't think he's going to get pushed. He's obviously going to get a push. I don't think he's ready enough. I don't think he's on Roman Reigns' level. I just don't think he is. Sure, you could sell merch. Absolutely, that's fine. Sell your merchandise. But that doesn't mean that he's on Roman Reigns' level. He's I, I just, if Roman Reigns got in a ring with LA Knight on a one-on-one match, you're not telling me LA Knight can beat Roman Reigns. There's nothing LA Knight does that Roman Reigns does at a, at a worse rate than LA Knight. And so I, I'm just not sold that LA Knight's going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. I would prefer Cena to beat him. And then LA Knight to beat Cena or it to be Solo versus Cena and Solo gets the belt back for the ju- for the for the bloodline. And then like there's so many ways you could book that. And that might be Wednesday's episode of how I would b- book the bloodline moving forward. Um, I like to do that a lot, and I haven't done it in a while. But but overall, I mean, outside of having the bloodline lose so that you can sort of build the suspense to to Friday. What's Roman Reigns going to do? That's obviously what they're doing here. Um, Cena and LA Knight get the rub over. Cena tries to lift LA Knight's arm, and he says, no, nah, I'm going to lift your arm. Um, 
you know, the traditional, you know, booking that WWE does. This was easy. This match was easily predictable. Now, that doesn't mean predictable doesn't mean bad, right? It was a, still a very entertaining match for the most part. And then you get the World Heavyweight Last Man Standing match, which was brutal, like I thought it would be. And just and and just like I figured now, I knew Shinsuke was not going to win. They're not putting the belt on Shinsuke. They're just not. They they're not sold on Shinsuke Nakamura to be champion. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you though. This continues to every time I see a, a, a title defense from Seth Rollins with this championship, it it doesn't feel on the same level of importance that Gunther has the IC title at. The IC title is the A championship on Raw. This they should swap titles. Let Seth have that IC and be the work because because the Workman's Championship is the IC title. Gunther should be World Heavyweight Champion because that's how he's ele- that's how much he's elevated the 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 IC title, right? Um, this match wasn't anything impressive. It just wasn't right. It was the 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 common last man standing sort of spots that we that we normally saw that we normally see in these last man standing matches, right? Um, I, I just I just wasn't sold by it. And I was solely convinced with the fact that uh, Judgment Day lost to the tag team champions. I was convinced there was going to be a cash-in. And there wasn't. And so that's really the only disappointment for me of the whole night. It was, you know, I was solely convinced there was going to be a cash-in and there wasn't. Um, unless while I'm recording this at the press conference, the cash-in happened. Uh, which I highly doubt will happen. They wouldn't do that. Most people don't watch the press conferences. But can we, I just, this is your standard last man standing match, right? And your standard booking with Seth Rollins. I just, I'm just so over Rollins, to be honest. I'm tired of him. And I need someone new to be champion already. I, I really need Damian Priest to cash in. Because I don't know. When else does he do? What, is he going to do it at Crown Jewel? Is he going to do it at Survivor? Like, like, when do you cash in? I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't want another money in the bank where, where we get... Like this long holding of the briefcase, and then you have like Austin Theory cash in for the U.S. title. Like that, that's stupid to me. Um, if we if we look at like the Money in the Bank winners, I'm trying to look up the last couple winners here. Let me look it up real quick because I don't know it offhand. Um. So 2020 was Otis, then you had Big E, then you had Theory, and then you had Priest. Of those four, Big E's the only one at the moment to cash in and uh, win the match. Excuse me. Biggie's the only one to have cashed in and won the world title. Um, what I do find interesting is on the Wikipedia here. 
um theory and damian priest are listed as any men's championship right which is true they change sort of who you can cash in on but but if you remember otis has sort of failed around where he lost it to the miz and then i think the miz uh failed the cash in or maybe he got another world i don't actually remember that far back and then you have biggie who of course held it and won the world title and then you had theory who failed the cash in on the u.s title right and so money in the bank to me just has lost a lot of its meaning and it's one of those things where it's one of these gimmicks like extreme rules that i just feel that we need to get rid of have if we at least the whole paper like get rid of the pay-per-view and that's going to be something we'll talk wednesday about i'm going to do a segment on wwe's pay-per-view schedule i came up with something that i think would work a lot better and i want to get your guys' opinion on it um and so yeah i'm just seth wins we don't get a cash in so so we look at this overall show and what do we accomplish from it absolutely nothing we have new tag champions and that's literally the only thing that changed when we went into this show so at 7.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, one minute before the show started, to it ended like at like 10, like 50, like 10.53 p.m., right? So within the three-hour period, right? If you look at WWE, excuse me, if you look at WWE, uh, four, well, it's, it's, it's now midnight as I'm recording this sentence. It's now midnight here on the East Coast. Um, if you look at WWE four hours ago, four hours ago, the till f- in, in that span of the last four hours, the only thing that's changed in WWE in the last four hours with this show is we have new tag team champions. And even that just isn't necessarily all that interesting um so i just like like what did we accomplish um i just yeah i just what did we accomplish and so this is why every time i come into a pay-per-view prediction show i always say i harness my expectations i expect c plus and there's a reason why I expect C plus because right. If, if I'm taking a test and I expect to get a C plus and I get a B or I get an A, then, then Hey, there's, there's reason to celebrate. Right. But if I get a C plus, eh, I, I got what I expected. Right. The only way I leave disappointed is if I get a D or an F right. Now, if WWE is running D or F shows, they don't need to be running shows. There's no way in he- that, like, like the C plus is as low as I I will rate a WWE show because if they're running D's or F's, they're they should they need to stop running shows. The worst WWE show you can think of is still a it's still a C plus or a C, maybe a C minus, but you're never getting into D's. 
You're never getting a D. You're never getting a D minus. You're never getting a D plus. You're never getting an F, right, out of WWE. You're just not. And so I go as lo- my lowest expectation for a WWE show is C or C plus. I don't even think they, they can put on a C minus show, right? And show and and so, um, when I, if I expect a C or a C plus, and I get a C or a C plus, I I go home content. I got what I expected. But if I get a B or an A or something in between that's above a C plus, then I leave happy. Right. Whereas if I expect a B and I get a C plus, now I'm disappointed. If I expect an A and I get a C plus, now I'm really disappointed. And if I expect an A and I get an A, well, okay, I got what I I I got what I expected, but I'll never leave happy. The problem with wrestling fans is they expect every show to be an A plus. And when they so when they expect an A plus and they get an A minus or a B, they leave angry because they didn't get what they expected. Y'all's expectations are too damn high. That, that, that's just the way that I view it. And so I expect a C-plus every show. If you could give me the average WWE show, I'll leave that show content. Understanding that more than likely, I'll probably get a B-minus or higher, and I'll leave happy. Right? I leave some room for me to, to leave more, like getting more than I expected. But if your expectation is always perfection, you're never going to be happy with what you get on the TV. And so I expected C plus. I'm going to say we got B minus C plus. Um, I'm not rating the shows yet. Starting with Royal Rumble. I will rate uh, the the shows. I'm going to create the We Too Deep uh, scale. Uh, over the next few months. And then when we get to Royal Rumble starting 2024, I'll rate the pay-per-views on the We Too Deep scale. Um, but yeah, we got like a B minus C plus. It, it was the average show that, you know, the worst that I thought that they could do, right? But but, but it's still better than other wrestling shows that, that I've seen on other promotions, right? It wasn't bad. It just wasn't anything excellent. But I also think with the card that we had, what else were we expecting to get? So so I, I just, I'm happy with what we got. It wasn't anything uh, exciting. I don't feel like I wasted four hours, the last four hours of my time. Granted, the last hour has been recording this. So I don't, I don't feel that I, I wasted three hours watching that show. I don't. I had a good time. Uh, watching it, 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 it was a good way to spend a, a, a Saturday night. Um, and, and I got what I expected. Right. And so I can't leave disappointed. Um, I guess, I guess that means we sort of, we wait four weeks and then we get um, what crown jewel. That's if we get crown jewel. And I don't I don't want to make this political. This is a this is more of a, a a human safety perspective. I don't know if you guys follow the news. Um, but I don't know how you can't. It's all over my I don't even follow anything like super political on Twitter uh that much or like newsworthy, but like it's all over my Twitter timeline because Twitter's broke it up to where it's like 
uh, where it's like uh, TikTok now where they have a for you and the following and it's default always on for you. And so I don't, uh, I don't if if you're on X or t- Twitter now, whatever you want to call it, and, and you haven't seen it, uh, Palestine and Israel at war again. And again, I'm not, I don't, I, we're not going to get into the debate of what side we we should stand on. Personally, for me, I think America needs to let foreign countries deal with their own problems by themselves, right? And that's as much as I'll say on the issue. But when it comes to like WWE and, and human safety, uh, WWE, going to Saudi Arabia in the middle of a civil war where, you know, the, the video going around Twitter is a uh, of a German girl who was kidnapped, raped, murdered, and paraded around the city with and like, do you risk uh, having fans go to that that to to the Middle East to a region that's going to be a hotbed of of war? Do you risk your 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 superstars' health, your fans' health, and, and safety? Like that's more where my concern is. I don't care about the geopolitical politics of all. I, I, I don't care how you feel about it. What whichever side you're on, that's that's you. We're not going to talk politics here. But they showed the commercial for for Saudi Arabia twice during the show, and all I could think of was I don't know if it's the best time to go to fucking Saudi Arabia right now. I just the PR around that to me just doesn't play well. And so I mean I'm sure they'll still go. So yeah, we will we'll, we'll get ready for Crown Jewel. But that's going to be the discussion around this pay-per-view. Every time they go to Saudi it's always oh, blood money. So we got to prepare for this conversation. And you got to just wonder like you're going to a hotbed of people a hotbed of what's going to be war between a country that we're allies with and we give active funding to versus a country that we have declared a terrorist organization and Saudi Arabia sort of stuck in the middle of it. I I just, again, I don't want to talk with the politics of all of that because we could go into that, but I, I really don't want to on this show. I just... PR wise, I don't know how good that would be for your brand to send American citizens into what could be a war torn area within the next four weeks um, by the time they get there. And I'm sure WWE is actively, you know, looking into the situation. Um, But I'm sure still I sure I'm guaranteeing that they're still going over there. I'm just saying if I was a WWE superstar, I'm boycotting going over there. I, I'm saying, look, you're if, if they're at war, I'm not going. Because I'm not going to put myself at safety. Because I remember, what was it, two, three years ago where they got stuck over there? on uh, Right? I can't imagine what that feels like. You're in a foreign country who culturally doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with us and you can't get out. Right. I just, I personally, to me, 
I don't know if it makes the best business sense to continue to do the Saudi shows at this point. Um, I don't think we need the Saudi shows anymore, um, to be completely honest. I think we could go to other countries national uh, or internationally and, and, and that will pay. They won't pay as much, but I, I, that's a whole different conversation, right? That's a whole different conversation. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're headed. We're headed to Crown Jewel as far as we know. Um, I expect a decent card for that. Um, but ultimately I think, I think the build is going to be towards survivor series and we just got that speed bump known as crown jewels in the way Well, we'll probably get a bunch of, uh, whatever Saudi want type matches. Right. Um, and it will be the first Saudi show that we don't have Mansoor on the roster. So that'll be very interesting how that plays out. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think or thought of, uh, or what you think of this episode. What do you think of my review of it? And then what you thought itself of fast lane. Um, and, uh, other than that, uh, thank y'all again for watching or listening. Uh, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, um, comment on it uh the more comments we get the more in the algorithm we get um i know a lot of people are sort of sort of assume it's the like count but it's actually the comment count from my understanding of the algorithm um and then if you're on any podcast network click the follow or subscribe button depending on what site you're you're listening on uh if they have like notifications on the app set those to where you can get them every time a new episode is posted um, leave a five-star uh, review if you can. If you love the show, give it a five-star. If you hate the show, give it a uh, give it a one-star. I don't want your three stars. I don't. And and, and I say that a lot. Uh, I say that a lot uh, to to just sort of hit the hammer home. I want a one-star or five-star, right? But. I mean, if you're going to leave me a three-star, I'll take it, but I really don't want it, right? Uh, it's sort of my Achilles heel is a three-star review. Now, if, if you love the show, if you like it, exaggerate how much you like it and uh, give me a five-star. If, you, if you're not the biggest fan of it, exaggerate how much you hate it and give it a one-star, right? Because three-stars don't tell me much of anything. Three-star is average, right? And and so if you love it, let me know. If you hate it, let me know. Um Ultimately, thank you. If you want to join the Discord group that I'm in uh, of casual fans and we sit and talk about all this stuff, links in the uh, in the description of the episode. And uh, final sort of housekeeping is Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast merchandise can be found at slappingmeatwrestling.com. Again, that's slappingmeatwrestling.com. For third time, slappingmeatwrestling.com. Thank you for watching and listening, and I will see you guys on Wednesday. Brother, I'm going Run a wild Hulk Hogan If I like it's a moment I'll make sure it's an explosion Cause lately I've been seeing stars Trying to kick out of this joke But it's no hope